0: Welcome to episode number nineteen of the Lobby, where we talk and make you feel like you are in the lobby of River City Church. So, my name is Aaron,
1: and I'm Becky,
0: and recording live from the kitchen table once again.
1: Mm-hmm. Becky,
0: this is the Camp Timberly episode.
1: Raise the roof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so the last episode of the Lobby, we talked about uh, Camp Saint Croix, Crescent Lake Bible Camp, yep. camps that we had experience with and everything right but this is the Camp Timberly episode this is where we met this is where we worked for three summers you worked year-round for about maybe five years yeah yep. um and then yeah so so we're gonna talk about that kind of stuff so there's yeah. a lot of interesting stuff that happened there uh it's not like a bunch of Australian stories but they're close they're own, they're their own version they have of their that own. there's some doozies in <laughs> yeah. there right yeah
1: Okay, so I thought it would be good for us to talk about how we both ended up there. Right. Because yeah. that was random. Do you wanna yes. start?
0: So I went I was attending UW River Falls, which yeah. is a four year state school in western Wisconsin. Uh, so a friend... So I was in the inner varsity chapter there, which had about... I think when my first year there, I think we had about 20 of us there. Right. And so the the worship leader there was actually really talented. Yeah. And really, really great. Um, So she grew up at... Living.
1: Camp, yeah.
0: Yeah. Her dad was the founder and executive director of Timberly. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Timberly had these winter programs on the weekends where like three four hundred uh, youth junior hires came on these winter weekends in January and February. So my friend, who her name is also Becky, so she just piled us all in her Ford Bronco, not like the O.J. <laughs> Simpson version, but like in her Ford Bronco, <laughs> yeah, and drove us down four and a half hours mm-hmm. to volunteer on the weekends, and yep. that was it. Was just really really formative. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great. Because... And not to get lost in the weeds of this. No, but... So... There's all these youth group, you know, all these like junior hires.
1: Yeah, and it's like a plug and play experience for youth pastors. So you come, yeah, you bring your youth group kids and some youth leaders, and the program's done for you, the speaker's done for you, the worship's done for you. Yeah,
0: so we would volunteer, just like playing with kids, like running the program, stuff like that, and we would sit in on the chapel sessions. I can't yeah. remember what they call them, like, but the mm-hmm. it was a twice a day chapel sessions where they have um, music and a speaker, and so uh i was i was a really new christian yeah so some of these speakers that they um that they would bring in like i was just furiously taking notes the yeah. entire time yeah for sure and yeah they were just uh i don't know if those junior high what those junior hires got out of it i got out <laughs> of a, a lot of it like right. I, I mean i still have the notes from those it was like oh
1: some good stuff,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. anyway. Anyway, how'd That's you cool. start working here?
1: So, I ended up at Timberley. We met at a winter extreme, is what they were called winter extreme. Know, and, right? um, so when I worked at Crescent Lake, the guy who was the program director's name was Chris, and I was really close with him and his wife Shannon. And Chris ended up being the program director at Timberly, and so I came and volunteered on the weekends. Um, as well mm-hmm. because I love camp and I would stay with Chris and Shannon and do all the camp stuff so yeah that was how we met and then that was I don't know probably in like a January or February like you said and then we ended up working together the summer right after that where we were both village leaders mm-hmm.
0: so yeah and just and I suppose like one <laughs> thing for clarity's sake so so, Chris started working there maybe my third year when I was volunteering uh-huh. for Winter Extremes. Right. Something like that. So, so, he started working there, and I just met him. <laughs> I had had one conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And the second conversation, he said, Hey, um, this coming summer is going to be my, I just got hired here, and this coming summer is going to be the first summer that I'm the program director here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I'd, I'd like you to be a village leader which is kind of like a counselor supervisor and then you'll be in charge of 15 counselors and 100 kids and mm-hmm. um, and I had never talked to the guy. <laughs> really?
1: I wonder if Becky Agni had nice things to say about you. I don't
0: think he was talking to Becky Agni about yeah, anything. I don't... Um, but... Yeah, because it was interesting. Because it was years later, I I would I asked Chris like, that was a really bad idea. Because that was a pretty risky hire. Because you didn't, you literally didn't know anything about me.
1: Yeah, what did he
0: say? He's like, yeah. Sometimes I get in trouble for the with doing stuff like that. Because sometimes I hit really big, and sometimes I lose big. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Well, he hit big. <laughs> I was like, wow,
0: that's. I wouldn't have done that, but <laughs> right. whatever that's how god works
1: right right no that's true that's really true so yeah we did winter extreme together and then um we met on a broomball court just chit-chatting you and, you and i did you and i did yeah. yeah and um we were talking you were saying you went to uw river falls and andy Gunderson from the previous episode who was a skippy at Crescent mm-hmm. lake he went to uwrf wow. and I was telling you like, oh, I know somebody who goes there. I'm sure you don't know him because he's a freshman. And you're like, oh, who? And I told you and you were li- an RA.
0: Yeah, he lived two doors down from
1: me. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then two, weeks, two weekends later, I think you came back with Andy and he came and volunteered right. and stuff. So yeah, that was where we met. And this is just like a funny looking back sort of thing. I, when I worked there, I kept a lot of papers, <laughs> um, so it was after it was after Leah was born, and I was working there, and I was digging through, and I found these old winter extreme um, program schedules, you know, where we would work, you know, if we were doing tubes or the toboggan run or whatever. right. And you and I had worked at a tubing hill together. And five years later, that weekend, I gave birth to our child, <laughs> which is just like so funny because you know you did did see that coming five no. years before, and I don't know. It just I just remember looking at that and being like, whoa, because I remember we were talking to this sad girl named um, Stephanie or something, and uh, yeah. So right. anyway, it's just kind of funny how that all mm-hmm. works out. But yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you got some stories. I do. I have some stories. So,
0: some podcast worthy stories?
1: Well, maybe. No, so, they, are. Uh, they are. Well, we had, I feel like we talk about animals a lot. Oh,
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> so, for better or worse. For better or for worse. But, you know, which the, is
0: ironic because we don't, it's not like we have pets in our. No,
1: house. we're not really, we're just animal neutral, I feel. Yeah. You know, but, um, so the village that I was a village leader in was called Pine Bluff. And there were ten cabins. There were five buildings. And each of them was divided in half. And it was like Pine Bluff 1A, Pine Bluff 1B. And they were in the woods, you know, because it's nature and it's camp. So there would be mice. Yeah. And so I would have these counselors and and campers just, like, crying and freaking out because they saw a mouse. And so there was this one time, and it was just... They were just losing their minds, and I could just hear like screaming, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the kind of screaming that indicates a mouse, not like an axe murderer. Right. And so I went into the cabin, and it was a girl named Mary Ann, and she referred to herself as Side Hugs. Which <laughs> oh, I forgot about her.
0: We worked and She was of... really funny though. Yes, it's like this makes her sound weird. She it does. She was She's really, really funny.
1: funny, really dry sense of humor. Um. <laughs> And so the girls are screaming and crying because they saw a mouse. And like side hugs, she was not handling it very well. And by the way, Timberley's not this camp where you have to have a nickname. She just called herself Side Hugs. Oh, she
0: gave herself that name? Yeah. Because I think we we made fun of Side Hugs a lot during staff training, I think. Maybe that's where that came from.
1: Maybe. I don't know. But so... She was kind of freaking out. The girls were freaking out. And they're like, what if it gets on my stuff? Like, I'm afraid it's going to climb on me. And I was like, girls, no, there's nothing to worry about. Mice can't climb up stuff. They just are ground dwellers.
0: The biggest lie ever.
1: And I said it on purpose, and I knew it was a lie when I said it. And I didn't even care because I was like, y'all need to sleep. And this is too much drama. And so then the next day, Marianne was like, I saw, I saw a mouse and it was climbing on the wall. And I was like, yeah, I know. She was like, what do you mean you know? And I was like, they do climb on walls, like up trees. They, they do that. And she's like, did, did you lie to us? And I was like, yep. <laughs> did your girl sleep?
0: She's was like, yeah. And I was like, eh, well. Okay. <laughs> so, then,
1: so then, and that must have been a bad mouse year because I feel like that was our first summer. Yeah,
0: there were mice everywhere. There
1: were mice just crawling all over that village. And so then I got a mouse trap, and like it caught the mouse by its foot. And it was like, "Eh," and the girls were like, don't kill it. We love the mouse. And I was like, you were the people last night who were losing your dang minds over a mouse. And then they wanted it to go to the science center and to be a pet. And I mean, it was just this whole long thing of drama about it. So. Yeah, that was always kind of a doozy. And you know, I had counselors who are just like the sweetest things, like Tracy and Crystal. They caught a mouse. And mouse traps, they do not get the job done. They catch the mouse, but they don't. I feel like in my experience, they've rarely actually killed the mouse. Right. And so they would like what scoop it up into a plastic bag and like have to like beat it with a broom. Oh no. Yeah, over by the over by the craft shop, they were just like beating this bag and I was like and they are the sweetest. Like Crystal and Tracy just like the Yeah, they were
0: suburb girls. Yeah,
1: and there. just so sweet and they're just, and I was like what are you doing? And they're like, "Oh, the mouse it wasn't bad."
0: Like,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of mice, a lot of critters. Yeah yeah so it was kind
0: of yeah but then we didn't have any mice a second all the rest of the summers, i don't know what
1: it was which about i'm not that. complaining
0: that we didn't have mice. no oh,
1: well and i had i didn't really know how to deal with mice at first because i'm also a suburbs person and at one point i had to radio becky to a boy becky to a boy oh my gosh <laughs> because we had these walk, as those leaders we had walkie-talkies and so then Aaron had to come in, like to the entrance to the village and I was like, I don't know what to do with this mouse. Right. And, like it was pretty gross, but um yeah. yeah. So we had a lot of a lot of mouse experience and I don't advocate lying on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So
0: what's the next one
1: on your list? Oh, I have several things on my list. So Mm -hmm. we would have a campfire. So as a village, sometimes you would have a village campfire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but as a camp, we would have a camp wide campfire on Friday night and the kids would go home on Saturday morning. And so we had, we tried really hard to make the campfire be about Jesus, you know, and just talking about like what did you learn about Jesus this week cuz the kids especially the younger ones they're eager to talk about like oh uh, i like fishing and uh, my counselor is cool you know and mm-hmm. so but we would really try to get them to talk about god or what they had learned that week and stuff so there's this one kid who got up and he was so sincere and he was talking about how he got sick once and had toxics Shock syndrome, which generally speaking is a woman's illness, and because <laughs> so I remember
0: when he did that, <laughs> like all the female counselors in the camp, they suddenly just were like around the campfire. They're like
1: the what? eyes bulging. You, what even what just that, happened? What if
0: that junior high boys Yes,
1: say? yeah. And so I mean, I had to tell people what that was, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't
0: what do you mean think. you had to tell people?
1: Like, like the I feel, campers? Did I have to tell you? I think I, I, I told a guy. I, I don't know. But it was like. It might have been me. I don't remember. <laughs> wait, why would you know? Anyway, you can Google it. But um, <laughs> so this kid is up there and he was so heartfelt. And he was talking about toxic shock syndrome and how if it wasn't for God healing him, he would be dead. And so then all the other campers.
0: Well, well, the phrase was, like, if it wasn't for God, I would be dead. Yes. And.
1: So then people just kind of got up there, told a crazy story, and said, if it wasn't for God, I'd be dead.
0: Yeah, and I felt, and maybe I'm misremembering this, like, I felt like we put ground rules and, like, and everything on it. But then suddenly it just, one thing led to another, and suddenly we had, (laughs) and and suddenly 20 years later, we're still talking. about Right, right, right.
1: Oh, my God. And. uh, Because
0: it was, everybody had a quasi near-death experience right like we got into a car accident and this one time and then if it wasn't for god i would be dead which is like okay i agree with god's active yeah. and passive sovereignty in all spheres of life and everything that said we don't need to talk about that now at the campfire
1: right and that kind of um the if it wasn't for god i'd be dead that was kind of like i just want to tell a dramatic story but if it wasn't for God, I'd be dead at the end. To like make it more camp appropriate <laughs> or whatever, so that was just a doozy. And I think if you have a small amount of kids, that is that doesn't get as out of control. But we're talking a 400 kid campfire, so it just yep. really can snowball. But probably the best, most ridiculous campfire we had, there was this kid named Logan.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: right. it was at a high school week. Yep. And I think Logan was, like, a cool guy, probably, to the peers of him. Which is
0: funny, because he's probably selling insurance right now.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, he shared... I don't remember what he shared, but it seemed legit. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't... If it wasn't for God, I'd be dead. Like, he did... He was talking about something that was pretty legit. So, the place where the main campfire was... Um, It was pretty close to my village. I think my village was the closest one. And so usually, you know, the counselors would take their campers. And high school camp, they had a little bit more autonomy. So they're all supposed to be heading back. But everyone needed to be in their cabin. And I was heading back to Pine Bluff. I see this guy and girl talking. And I was like, hey, you need to get back to your village. So can you, you know, if you're in Pine Bluff, you need to go here. If you're, I think he was in Hickory Hill. I was like, if you're in Hickory Hill, you just need to go your own way. And he looked at me and he said, but it's me. I'm Logan. Kind of like I'm the famous Logan. I just shared this really meaningful testimony. I should be allowed to flirt with this girl. And I was like, that's cool, Logan. Time to go back to your cabin. And so we just would say like for the rest of the time we were there, we'd be like, but it's me. I'm Logan.
0: We've told the girls that story and, oh like, gosh. even they're in on that now. Oh, yeah. Like, but it's me. I'm Logan.
1: Yeah, and they So we were... When we visited Timberley before Maggie went there for the summer, we were telling stories to the girls as we were walking around and stuff, and um, and we were telling them, but it's me. I'm Logan. And the people that we worked with, they would 100% know what we were talking about. Right. But nobody at Timberley anymore knows what we're talking about, and Maggie was like, if I tell my counselor, but it's me, I'm Logan, will she know what I'm talking about? We're like, no. no and Logan not. is probably in his early 30s, like you said, selling insurance or being a football coach or, like, <laughs> you know, something ridiculous like that.
0: Because he was the camper. This is making, like, some campers sound really crazy, which the average was just, like,
1: regular, kids. really great, mm-hmm.
0: you know. Um, but I think it was two summers early earlier mm-hmm. Um where he was less less mature
1: mm-hmm. or
0: whatever <laughs> like his mom called
1: do you remember oh, yeah? that? I don't know you'll have to remind me yeah
0: cause his mom he was the one where his mom called and said my son is a cool and popular kid could you please put him no. with a counselor that deals well with cool and popular kids.
1: I didn't know. Because I want my kid know. to
0: just relate to their counselor.
1: Wow. So we put him
0: with uh, Jeremy Mason, who was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he
1: busts his head wide open.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Mason was like 6'8". He he had a tryout with the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was just really good. <laughs> um, anyway, but... Yeah, I mean, we oh, had a good joke. We had a good laugh about that, but it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, we want this kid to know Jesus. Whatever. It's just yeah, not care. Well,
1: and I think the thing that's interesting, and he must have been in middle school when that happened. That would make sense with the timing. But when you, I remember having counselors who were insecure because as a college age yes. counselor, you can tell if your campers are the cool kids, generally yeah. speaking. And yep. I, and I remember talking. I had Cassie, one of my counselors. She's like. These girls are so much cooler than I was when I was their age. And I just almost yeah. don't even know what to do with Yeah, that and stuff. when you're
0: 19 years old, it's just like you're still not far enough away far enough removed from that to just, like, be emotionally compartmentalized yes. from yeah. that a little bit. Unless you're no. really spiritually mature with it. Right. Um, yeah.
1: And I re- just remember telling her, because I think it was, like, older elementary school kids, and I was like, Cassie, they are going to love you because you are taller than them. And that is all that you need to have, and that's all you need to do, and they're gonna love you, you know. But yeah. don't let that psych you out, because all you really need to do is be taller than them at this point, and they'll mm-hmm. just automatically think you're cool. Yep. But Jeremy, I mean, he was taller than everyone, so he was oh, super yes, he cool. Was. But Jeremy was the guy who was he in your village when he got on the radio when some kid hit his head? I don't know so i think he was either in your village or the other guy village and all of a sudden because we would have walkie-talkies and the only people who were allowed to use walkie-talkies were village leaders because we had them and we needed to communicate with each other because the grounds were really big yeah and all of a sudden we hear over the walkie-talkies i have this kid up in oak ridge and he cracked it he but he do? he
0: busts his head wide open
1: he busts his head wide open everyone's like what is Jeremy? Based? Like, what is
0: going on? Like, and we just all go up there, and like, I don't remember. My memory's a little foggy, but like, he did not bust his head wide open. Like it was, like there was some l- amount of blood
1: and head wounds are bleeders. Yeah, you know. You know and oh my gosh, but yeah, I mean, was, he busts his head wide open. I
0: I'd still think about that. for Oh, least...
1: absolutely, absolutely, yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so that was... And he was he was a really good counselor. And I think one of the cool things, because our job was mostly working with counselors, if we worked with campers, it was more because they were high need or they were having a hard time, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. But, right. I mean, we worked with some really incredible people. And there were a few doozies in there, but mostly we worked with people who were really great. And um, the one guy who was a doozy got a single mom's phone number
0: okay this is extremely <laughs> rare that's so
1: rare but he got fired like,
0: oh he totally got fired yeah like, yeah
1: yeah so i that feel was, like we
0: should like if anyone's listening to this, this is like
1: that was not the norm
0: okay this is a one in a billion experience here like if we told this to other camping professionals they'd be like you win yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like that's, that would be the trumping yes
1: um. So, anyway, that was pretty... he did though. He did. That
0: was like the year. That's not right. That was the year that I was a youth pastor, and you were still working at Timberly, though, because mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like he got her number.
1: Like that's not right. You can't do that. No, no. Like
0: there are there are many things that are gray areas in life. Okay. <laughs> you. That's that's that not great. No,
1: that's not great. So yeah, that was kind of dizzy, but we did work with some really awesome people like our friend who we called team bill i don't know why we referred to him necessarily as team bill like he just was a team unto himself but he had campers and they were down in the canteen game room area and one of his kids peed his pants and he was so embarrassed to walk back to his cabin to change and bill went into the bathroom and splashed water on his shorts so that the kid didn't feel like he was alone and bill was like oh yeah oh man we just got water on our shorts and then they walked back to the cabin i don't know if you remember that (laughs) but i was like bill what a quick thinking sweet thing to do to like keep this kid from feeling embarrassed you know so i mean we worked with people who were really so sweet and cared so much about their campers and um we had, there was one of uh, my counselors, Dayla, who every now and then you would see God put like just the, and I mean, it always happens like that, but, um, you'd see just the right campers be with just the right counselors. And I remember Dayla, um, had kids who grew up in a really similar background to her that not very many people would have understood. Mm-hmm. And um, just like the way that she was able to connect with them where even another really awesome counselor just not having the same background as the kids did um, just wouldn't have connected in the same way. And just, you know, being able to see Dayla just realize that like her upbringing, her previous experiences weren't wasted and how right. God could use that right there was so cool to see. And then I had an um, another counselor that summer, Crystal, who had this girl who just had issues and that's just the thing with camp is that you just don't know where your kids are coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she just had this girl and she, I was there to try to like help with something. Cause this girl seemed like she had a beef with the speaker, but it really just was kind of revealing like uh, issues that she had with her dad, you know? So I was there just kind of trying to mediate it and, You know, this was like a girl who just didn't shower and like was just physically kind of dirty and weary looking and just seeing like the shame that this girl had and Crystal just like lifting her eyes. Oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) going to (laughs) cry. But just watching that and just seeing just how tangibly these 19, 20 year olds would love these kids Mm -hmm. who were just like. Unlovely to so many people, you Mm -hmm. know. So we did really get to see and be a part of a lot of really cool things like that, right? For sure. So that was that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but speaking of like how we didn't necessarily get involved like with campers all the time because we were more working with counselors, we did have a homesickness protocol. You did more specifically.
0: Yeah. So some campers they would just be so homesick Mm -hmm. that. I mean I think the most ex- I mean it was extremely rare that we sent a kid home because they were homesick. Right. I mean that was that was the rarest of rare things. Ex- yes. Like things. But um but yeah, there were so when kids would be really homesick by Tuesday, you know, mm-hmm. um so when they come on Sunday, it's like okay, like a lot of kids are homesick. Like Monday, mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, it's better Tuesday." Okay, if they're still homesick by Tuesday, okay. So um we would just take the camper on a golf cart ride. Yes. Just around the camp and just show them around and just like, and then we would, the chinchillas were downstairs <laughs> in the science center. So we would just let them pet a chinchilla and all this kind of stuff. And then um more often than not, they were just totally fine after that. <laughs> <laughs> so we call it like operation chinchilla or yes. something, something like that. So yeah. So that was really fun, man. There was one kid like, I didn't even know what his voice sounded like <laughs> until until late Thursday. Oh,
1: buddy! I mean, I mean, no joke.
0: I mean, I'm not exaggerating that because he was crying so much. It's just like I didn't even know what his voice sounded like. So he was all the time, and like I was, I'd call his dad. You yeah. know, like he didn't know I was calling his dad. Yeah, but like, I called his dad. And it's just like he just can't stop crying, and it's <laughs> and it's Wednesday. He's just like, hey, just just keep him like he wasn't a caveman kind of dad but he's just like i think this is good for him like just how about you just like if it's not better by tomorrow just like look you know but he was totally fine but then like by friday he was just like i finally heard his voice you know he was just like (laughs) hey thanks so much for like being patient with me all week and i really want to come back next year i wish we had another week because i feel like i kind of wasted it
1: (laughs) was he a middle schooler
0: yeah you know,
1: know i feel like going into camp you would think that the little ones would be the most homesick yeah but for some reason it seemed and maybe it's because you expected it but the middle schoolers if they got homesick they were homesick yeah i mean it just yep. was so much and i mean and this was before everybody had well particularly kids i think the counselors had cell phones but kids didn't have it then right and um so there wasn't like the constant checking in you know that you would have with your parent if you had a cell phone but mm-hmm. yeah they when they'd get homesick they would get so homesick yeah so that yeah, was always they really did that was always a doozy but um we also had a week where uh we called it demon week <laughs> <laughs>
0: this was only one week out. just
1: of one this. week out of however many many that we've been around yeah. and it was like very dramatic. Now, we believe... Because
0: you, you were the one dealing with that. Yeah, was, Like, I wasn't. It was me and that Katie. Wasn't, that wasn't in my village.
1: No, it wasn't in yours. It was the girls. There was apparently a girl in my village who had a cell phone. Ooh. Tsk, tsk. <laughs> but, um, which I don't know how... I wonder how they handle that now. But, um... And they were like, this girl in Becky's village is sending out orbs of demons to us in Maple Knoll and Katie.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! The camper
1: was saying. Yes, campers. The campers were saying that, and then, so Pine Bluff, that was mine, and then my friend Katie, uh, she was, she was the village leader in Maple Knoll, and we were like, wait, what? You know, and then she had campers who were like. I saw the Grim Reaper with a flaming mallet. Yes. What? Wacky stuff. So that, like, you and I were sitting there. You know, it's okay that you don't remember this, but we were just talking like, oh, my gosh, I can't even understand what these kids are talking about. And then, so it was you and me, we ended up getting married. And then Katie and Drew, none of us were dating, but Katie and Drew ended up getting married. And we were just, like, talking about... Like, these kids and the flaming mallets and what to even I do about this. I have no recollection this. of this. Yeah. And Katie and I were like, we grew up at Bible churches. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> we're like, we are not equipped to handle this.
0: Because, like, I, this was by far the highest amount of Christians that I've ever been around <laughs> in my life over a sustained period. Like, I, I I, did not grow up in that kind of environment. Right. Family, um, or anything. Yeah my state school like my my small inner varsity chapter yeah so yeah, So i remember yeah because i remember when katie said that and i was just like i remember thinking in my mind like so what's the deal with bible churches
1: right uh, i was like we need some people who like grew up in assembly of god to help us out with these <laughs> demons <laughs> like, This. i can win the sword drill but i don't know about this you know <laughs> And that was the that was the summer that Katie and I made charm bracelets, which I'm sure I have it somewhere. Oh, out of shrinky I remember Dinks. that. Yeah, 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 And then we had like our demon week shrinky dink that we made to like yeah. on our charm bracelet and stuff. But it was all I mean, it was nuts because I was like, I don't know that that's a thing. The demon orbs. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I don't remember that in the uh, Bible.
1: Yeah, I just. Because it's not there. Yeah, and I just, it's like, you just don't even know how to enter in. And the counselors are just like, uh, wait, what happened here? <laughs> you yeah. know, so it was...
0: So was that literally, like, four campers total that were Probably, doing but
1: they took up all the energy. Oh, yeah,
0: You yeah. know what I mean? And that's one of those weeks where, like, you know, you and I have talked about this before, where uh, being a counselor supervisor, that was one of those jobs where the weeks where... Like some weeks it's like wow I can't believe I get paid for this, yeah. and other weeks where it's like you could pay me ten thousand dollars in in unmarked bills right now. Oh yeah, and it's I would, not, enough. and I would not take it.
1: Yeah, and not enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it would just be it was just it was a doozy of a week, you know. And then I had that other week where I had a girl who we had to send home who like was making death threats and Lisa, and she.
0: Oh, I forgot about It was, that.
1: she was just a really sad kid, but I had to, like, practically do counseling with her cabin mates and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff, and then she had to get sent home. And her family lived, well, her, like, dad and stepmom lived, like, I don't know, two hours from camp, and it took them, like, six hours to get there. I don't know if they were just dragging their feet, but it was, like, probably the most intense six hours, like waiting for that and um yeah so it was that was one of those where it was like ten thousand dollars a week is not enough you know then we had the day of infamy i think that was on the day of infamy where then there was a storm
0: because chris talks about the day of infamy yeah don't you guys still email each other on the day of Infamy? we do
1: july 9th so if i if i remember (laughs) or if he remembers we haven't lately but yeah we would always email like happy day of infamy and it was like the camper whose parents never came to pick her up there was a power outage some kid there were ran a power in... outage
0: and like it was it was camp wide and it shut down the camp power for like i think it was two days I, I don't think it was up? no it was but a it few cut hours out the, fo- the phone oh the phone something. lines that's what it was
1: and so then like this kid like ran into a wall and like was in shock or something and yeah. we thought he, like it was just this day where you were like i remember chris saying
0: like that was the most intense multitasking I've ever done in my entire yes. life. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was a doozy, you know? So you'd have times like that. And then you'd have other weeks where, you know, a camper would come up to you and be like, can we pray together for my friend who came with me? She's not a Christian. And I really want her to know Jesus. You know, you'd get <laughs> that. But then you'd have, you know, so yeah. you just, it, you would just get stuff all across, all across the board for mm-hmm. sure. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that was that was a doozy of the demon week. But I just remember Katie and I being like, ah, we're not equipped for this. I was like, I was an RA at a Bible college. And Katie's like, I was an RA at a Bible college too. We're not ready for this. What's going on? You know? So,
0: like... I remember you talking that summer to me about, like, what your RA experiences were. Because I yeah. was an RA in college yeah, as well. Yeah, it was pretty different. Yeah, it was like, huh. So... You just... Some, like some MKs had boy problems, maybe, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of mine, all of my residents were smoking weed. Yeah, and- it was pretty
1: different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty different. It was pretty different. Well, and at camp is where I... and There was one week when Katie was in my village with me. I think it was just like a low girl week. And so she was in staying in my room in the village center. And I did this to her because we worked at Crescent Lake together and sometimes people would come into our room like during staff training and they would talk to us so long and we didn't know how to get them out so I'd fake sleep.
0: <laughs> because you liked sleeping.
1: I did but I didn't like it as much then. <laughs> and, but it was just like these people just would not leave. Well
0: it was just it was, it was not people on mature. the extremes.
1: People on the extremes. Aaron's like yeah. you are making yourself sound like an idiot. But you're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah so this girl, this girl came into our room At Timberley, and she just was, like, going on and on about kind of, like, Well, she talked for
0: hours, I think.
1: Yeah, and so then I just, like, pretended to fall asleep, and the girl was like, oh, I should probably go, Becky. Looks like Becky fell asleep. And Katie was like, oh, well, have a good night. (laughs) And then she walked out, and she's like, are you faking? I was like, yep. (laughs) She's like, why do you do that to me? (laughs) I was like, well, it works. But if we're both, like, involved in the conversation, which really now, as a more mature adult who's not 23 or whatever, I would be like, I'm really sorry I have to go to bed.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of a grandma here. I got to go to bed. Yeah.
1: No fake sleeping. Yeah. Now I I probably just would actually fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, but (laughs) that was just kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm trying to think. Do we have any bad weather stories? Do you have any bad weather recollections?
0: No, it was just. I mean, once in a while. So like the village that I had, we were up on a top of a hill. Yeah. So it was just. I don't know if it was just windier up there or something like that, but it was just. I feel like you could see all the weather coming. Yeah. And so like when there would be um, just bad weather warnings and things like that, sometimes you'd have to like if it was really really bad it was like get
1: under the cabin yes that was like the plan get under oakridge too if there's just
0: like i remember like there was this one guy (laughs) in our village one counselor in our village he was just like we got and this is before cell like cell phones like you had your weather on your cell phone it's like you don't know with certainty like what's going on so he's just like he comes in and he's like you gotta get that cabin underneath under the (laughs) cabin you got to get those campers under the cabin. I was like, we're not going under the cabin. Like, like, we can just, go to the dining just room. Just walk room. down. Just walk him down. and Because he thought a tornado was coming or something like that. So I'm like, just walk him down there. And he's just like, it's... And he's like, it's here right now. I was like, oh, okay. God. <laughs> okay, Jeremiah. Ah, I knew it was Jeremiah.
1: <laughs>
0: he's not listening to this.
1: No, he's can not. He could
0: tell a lot of stories about me. That would be embarrassing. Um, but Yeah. Well,
1: and we had, because Timberley was close to where I grew up. So I grew up in Waukesha, which is in Waukesha County. And Timberley's in East Troy, which is in Walworth County. So, like, I've seen the weather my whole life there. Yeah. And Walworth County always gets the tornado watches and warnings. And, like, nothing ever happens. And so I was kind of an elitist about that. I was like, <laughs> I was like it's fine. So there was this one time we had really bad weather. And we started out the day at, at the hospital with Aaron Leonard because he broke his ankle. Oh, God! And then we came back and a literal storm was brewing. Uh-huh. And that... Was that when Jeremiah wanted the kids to go into the cabin? <laughs> I
0: don't remember. That I, is
1: not the kind of significant memory we i after. My memory is really fuzzy on that. Um, so I'm in this cabin, like the retreat cabin called Balsam, which is where Steph Burchard got to stay when she was a counselor, but it's huh. air conditioned. Oh, that's great. And so we were in the basement multi-purpose room down there, and the nurse was, like, losing her mind. She's like, there's a fan And I was like, okay, first of all, you're a medical professional. I kind of expect you to, like, keep your cool a little bit because we're around all these kids, and if the grown-ups are losing their mind, right. like, that's not good for the environment, um, the emotional environment. And so... One of the girls who was on kitchen staff was giving me a haircut at the time, and
0: she—oh, yeah—and
1: she's like, "You're all calm, getting your hair cut," and I'm freaking out. And I was like, "Yeah, I—I I grew up around here, and like, it's really gonna be okay. It's just really gonna be okay. We're in a safe place, you know." And she's like, "I don't know," <sighs> it's like, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> it's like, "I mean, I suppose downplaying things has like kind of." generally speaking (laughs) served me well in keeping like the emotional temperature Mm -hmm. cool in my life but yeah i just was like okay let's calm down but sometimes because the cabins that we were in they had really big windows that were like the mesh window screen and then they had tarps that would close when it got icky out and so usually the counselors would, you know, roll them up so that you would get a really nice breeze at night. But then there were times when they would have them down and they didn't have um, the rope that held them, like, wrapped around tight enough. And, like, the the canvas things would just be, like, straight out and wind was just, like, yeah. blowing through there. And that would be pretty intense, like, yeah with kids.
0: That would be. For sure. But You know, and... Yeah, because, like, when I think back on Timberly, like, the main thing I think about is chris yeah so so chris radloff was the program director and how many years older he felt like 20 years older than me but he was like actually six, only six or seven. six or seven yeah eight, yeah so um and that was probably because you know he had a wife and a kid and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff too but um and he just presented older as well but yeah i mean Chris. Is don't the, read that
1: as professional like it's not like he was wearing a tie
0: <laughs> oh no definitely not um he grew out his hair like Uh his second year which was like wow that's not really i think his hair is still long i think so um (laughs) like i got a notification on marco polo because he's down in houston now yeah it's like it was it was like, Chris Radloff is on Marco Polo. Say Ooh. hi. Which I didn't say hi on there, but like his picture, his avatar was yeah. just like this really long haired. Oh, yeah. Hair. I was like, Chris, still rocking the long still hair. Still
1: rocking it. But That's a flex when you're like in your late 40s if you can rock long hair and have it not be like <laughs> the creepy bald guy with yep. long hair. So props to Chris.
0: Yeah. Because you know that leadership, because Chris is, Chris is the most unique leader I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the, because we've talked about this, you know, like the, you know, there's the, the lion, the, the otter, the
1: yeah. beaver, beaver
0: and the golden retriever. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's just like, um, you know, which kind of leader are you? It's just yeah. like, are you organized and detailed? Like the beaver, are you, mm-hmm. you, you would do it fun, lead, you know, with fun, you know, just like you that kind of leader, like, like otter. the otter is mm-hmm. just like the golden retriever with loyalty, like lion, it's just like, um. You know, just upfront direction, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So um, so the question is, which one is Chris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's all four. <laughs> I've never met anyone like that. Yeah, that's Like, not true. even close. Yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, never met anyone like yeah. him before. Because I remember um, Steph Burchard, who, I mean, she's like, what, eight years? Something like that. Younger than us or more? I guess. Um so she worked at Timberly in a different generation with Chris right. and everything. So I remember when she, um, when we first crossed paths was her in university world. Mm-hmm. So like I, um, I was the university staff worker, mm-hmm. and she said to me, "Oh, it's like I can tell you worked with Chris because like you, you lead like Chris," and I still remember I've told her that before. Like that is. Hardly anybody else would know the significance of that compliment, but right. like that's the best compliment I've ever received. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and for sure. yeah, Chris was so unique. Like he could, um, he could have to fire somebody, which was extremely rare. But like he'd have to fire somebody, mm-hmm. and the person would just never be angry. They would just be like, "I let you down, Chris," you know, and just <laughs> like you know, just like how do you? How do you do that? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it wasn't it wasn't manipulation. No. It was just like it was just Chris. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. he could just do that. And uh yeah, and yeah, he was he was the first leader who really believed in me. Yeah. You know.
1: Mm hmm.
0: And I'm not saying he had really super great reason to at the time, <laughs> but he just did. Yeah. And um yeah, there's just a lot that I could talk about with that, but that's yeah it was really transformative for sure working with the campers like um meeting you just like all like all sorts of those kind of things i mean we're transformative Mm -hmm. there but yeah i mean that chris was really transformative in a unique way
1: yeah for sure like having somebody just believe in you that much Mm -hmm. is a big like confidence boost and Mm -hmm. for sure all that stuff you know i every year when it's kind of getting around to be camp time i always want to write something, I know this sounds so cheesy, but you know how sometimes in schools or in different places, you see that speech that somebody gave and it was everything I needed to learn about life I learned in kindergarten. And they talk about sharing and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And I really, like, I genuinely feel that everything you need to learn about life, you learn at camp, you know? I do, I feel like that's been totally the case for me, just even, um just understanding people learning how to lead um Mm -hmm. learning how to listen to more than one person talk to me at a time um (laughs) learning how to handle conflict learning how to have and not not like you have to learn how to have fun obviously but the purpose of having fun and having that be an important part of relationships and how relationships are sealed and um how to ask good questions and you know, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things that we're not saying about what it was to work at camp. But sometimes it's just like this, this feeling of an atmosphere that is just hard to capture in an anecdote. And oh yeah, you know, because I just even things like, you know, how we would set up your village center and have for um, high school camp, and there'd be a dance party, and we'd set up sodas and twinkle lights, and mm-hmm. just doing things like just doing things like that and creating. You know, an atmosphere and creating an environment, and you know, I think that was always a big thing because we had to learn, you know, the values, and it was like creating an engaging camp environment, and mm-hmm. just how I think that's important, just in your life, like creating an environment where people can thrive and like learn about Jesus and grow and develop spiritually. So, yeah, you yeah. sounds good. I think that's good.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for talking about Timberly and everything. You and- too. And thanks for joining us.
1: Bye.